We are learning Daf Samachay. We're starting from the mission on the bottom of Samatalan and Mabez, and this is really total tangent. Uh, it's really just that the mission I was mentioning before by Thomas Atoma mentioned the words Merkalayim Ladaver, about you know, something to stand that we're trying to understand the possibility of different, different things occurring, and we can go after what has the most basis. So now we continue to a completely new topic. Although I do have to mention that it was mentioned, really just also by, by tangent, when we were learning about a little old section back in Paracorn and Gogol, we did mention this idea, which is, somebody who finds a corpse, and it's in a place, and he buries, and he finds it for the first time, meaning to say, guy's digging somehow, and then he suddenly decide, discovers a corpse. So in other words, we didn't know that there was a body that was ever buried here. That's the point. Suddenly you find a corpse. What's the halacha? Moshka Vladark when it's lying in the regular way. The regular way means the way that the minog is that you bury Jewish. And it seems that there were different times that the Jews in the Gaim had deviation of Prat and, and uh, in, in, in their minog or the way that they would bury. But we're talking about the leg is outstretched, the hands are folded over the body, which is the way the minog of a, a Jew to be buried. So then you think it, you have to be nervous that it's a Jewish body. But now the question is, and just to give us a little bit of a background here, is that if once a body was uh, placed in the ground and it was intended for it to be its permanent burial place, then you're not meant to transfer its concept somewhere else. That's the halacha. Whereas if it's just put there temporarily, it's not a you know a real cemetery plot or something like that. It's just you, know, you had to bury, you had to bury, but it was on the go. It was on the it wasn't wasn't meant to stay there permanently. So then you're allowed to. So if you're just finding one, so no less was also you could remove it as long as you take some of the surrounding earth with it. So there's, we're learning a couple points here. First of all, that you have to take the surrounding earth. You're not just supposed to take the body itself. You're supposed to take the surrounding earth. We'll see about that, where that comes from. But second of all, the chiddush is that you're allowed to remove it. Meaning, you don't have to get nervous. You don't have to think that maybe it was put here in a permanent way. And the reason basically is, is that why should I? It's a one random body. Where, when you want to bury bodies permanently, you make a gravesite, right? You make a graveyard. You make a whole cemetery out of it. But when it's just a ran- one random body that you're finding, so you don't have to be nervous of that. So you just suspect the body was put here, it was temporary. Now you can take it out as long as you take some of, some of the earth. Shnaim, even if you find two corpses, the same thing. All of us are You can take them together with the surrounding earth. However, what happens in Moser Shlosh? You find three. And there's a separation between the first one and the third one, between four and eight Amos. So that makes us nervous that that's the way that they would bury. And this, again, it all goes back to the custom of the way that they would bury what's, what was normal to be done. So there's a certain amount of separation in space. So it's between the first and third one. It's between four and eight Amos. There's a Shkunas Kavaris. It's treated like literally like a neighborhood of, uh, of, of graves, which means to say you treat it like a graveyard. And the idea being is that you're not meant to relocate such graves. And furthermore, all the area that's around it is assumed to be Tame until you, it's excavated, until it's dug out, and you find out exactly what's going on. So that's the rule. One or two bodies, you assume it's just a random one-off body buried here. You can remove it together with this dirt. Once you get three, you assume it's in the right spaces between them. You assume it's a, a real graveyard. And uh, don't remove the bodies, A, and B, we have to be nervous the surrounding area, there's bodies more as well. So what do you do? Top of the Amaral, The first thing is that it requires a bedikah. You have to search a distance of 20 amas. And that's the distance that we're nervous that perhaps there are other bodies there. You find even one grave at the end of 20 amas. So then, that's another bedikah for 20 amas. And again is, because once you have the three, and then there's 20, within the 20 ama, you have another body. So then you got to keep, it keeps on going down effect 20, uh, for another 20 ama. So in other words, when it was just a one body, you don't have to search at all. It was just assume it's one random body. But when you found three, so that gave you the basis, that gave you the reg line. Now it's another from 20. 
And now you find another body within the 20, so then you have to search yet another 20 Amah. She'ilu t'chilu matzah, and the Mishnah spells it out. Had you just found the one isolated grave at first, but all of us was also, you would have been mutter to take it together with the surrounding earth. You wouldn't have done anything else. But exactly what we're saying, that, that here there's a Raglam Ladaver, once you found the three and it was Machai Bidika of 20, so then when you find the Bidika, then you find another body, it keeps on going, Machai Bidika Bidika 20. So the Gemara analyzes here the language, Amar of Yehuda. By the way, all the stuff we're going to learn. It's a mixture of logic and halacha Moshe Sinai. So a lot of the things that we're going to see today about you know the amount of bodies and the position of the body, some of it's not necessarily based on logic. This that's some halacha that we have the one or two bodies where we're assuming it's 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 an isolated uh, temporary one versus three, which is permanent. It sounds like it's intuitive, but a lot of what's going on is halacha Moshe Sinai. So Rabbi Yudah says matzah. It said in the language that he found it. Problem matzah that 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 excludes a case where it was a known grave. Meaning the Mishnah is only allowing you to relocate when it's less than three graves because you assume it was only buried there temporarily. So that's the whole idea. You know, you, you suddenly chance upon a thing. But if you know that it was buried there permanently, then even if it's only one, you can't move it. Meaning there's not a halacha you can move less than three bodies. That's not the part. The part is that when it's less than three, you assume it was only buried there temporarily. But if I know of a, of a permanent burial spot that was given to only one body, right, you're, not allowed, you're not allowed to move it. Mace, the Mishnah said, a corpse. That excludes someone who was, who was slain, who was killed. What's the idea? We assume that the body's incomplete. Right? When you're slain, there's a lot of blood that comes out, body parts, who knows what else comes out. It's not like a natural cause of death. So the Allah should be seen, I says that an incomplete corpse is not counted in the number of three that make it into a graveyard, and the halacha of the surrounding earth as well does not apply. The halacha of the surrounding earth and the halacha of the graveyard and Machai of the Bedika of the Hule is only to fully intact bodies. Very interesting halacha. Mushkov, this idea that it was lying, probably Yoshev. That excludes a corpse which was sitting. If so, evidently some of the guy would bury in a, in a sitting stance. So if, it's in, if you find it in a sitting stance, then you don't assume it's a Jewish body. Kedarko in the normal way, so that excludes if the head is put between the thighs. So again, that's not normal. That's not regular Jewish practice. Tani says in an incomplete corpse, this is just echoing the thought that we had before, does not have the halacha that when you take it out, you need to take it out with the surrounding earth. And it also does not have the halacha that if there's three, it's treated like a graveyard zone where it's machai bedika for 20 amas around. Says the Gemara, all of these, all of these things where we say it doesn't apply, if it was found in a sitting position or if it had between the thighs, my time alone, what is the reason they're not included in the halacha of that you take it out with the earth and that if there's three, it's a graveyard. The pshat is, since it's not buried with Jewish custom, then we're concerned, or we assume, rather, that it comes from, that it comes from the guy. Continues the price, uh, first found two graves. The head of one corpse was at the side of the feet of the other. The head of that one was at the side of the feet of the other. They don't have the halacha of the surrounding earth. They don't have the halacha of a graveyard zone. So we're saying that basically, if the bodies are found, but 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 two of them are lying in the opposite directions, then that doesn't then it's not mashma as a graveyard. Pashtas, if it was a graveyard, they would be going in the same direction. The idea that they're running in opposite directions, so then that sounds um, it sounds like they're they're not they're not together. Matzah shlosha. If you find three, you do a Now this is where the halacha mishmasinai aspect kicks in. This is not necessarily the most logical thing. A person's finding three. One of them was previously known, meaning. It was it, 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 it was known that there was a grave that was there, but we didn't know necessarily whether it was a permanent thing. But it was known that there was a grave there. Now you you find two new ones for the first time. Oh, you doing? Or maybe it was one that you're discovering now, and two words were previously known. The point is that you're not discovering all three together. It comes at different times. What's the halacha? 
They have the halacha that when they're removed, they have to be they have to be they have to be taken out with the dirt. Which because again we assume they're buried according to Jewish custom. If they're lying in that way, then we assume that they that that they're Jewish bodies. But in lim shkunas kvaros, they don't have the halacha graveyards on. Very random halacha mosh misinai. Since what they became known at different times, halacha is that one was that, that unless all three are discovered together in the same time, or it was all put there and you know about them, then it doesn't have the din of the graveyard zone that you have to check and be bodek for more tomorrow around. And we have this with the story. He once was checking him. He found he had he found a total of three graves, two which were previously known, and one which was newly discovered by him. He thought that we have to make the whole surrounding area a graveyard zone and be bodek. All the effort you're doing is for a waste. The halacha for a graveyard zone is only if it's three known graves or for three graves which are suddenly discovered for the first time. So in re- now we're getting this random halacha which we've seen that making things that are not necessarily based off on logic. So in regard to the taking out the dirt, there it's just, is it a Jewish body? Is it not a Jewish body? So there we look at the position. Very simple. But in regard to this graveyard zone thing where we're saying about, you know, whether, whether, whether or not you have to, be, have to be bodic all around, there's only a of the three were known together or if they were discovered all together. All right, now we focus on the din that I take the dirt. You're supposed to take them together with the dirt. So where do we see this concept of taking the dirt. This is by Yaakov. Yaakov said, I want you to carry me out of Mitzrayim. So it seems that the word Mitzrayim here in the Pasuk is a little bit extra because he, he was at Mitzrayim when he was saying it. So he was saying, totally me, take some of Mitzrayim together with me. What he's saying is, is that, um, is that he's, saying, he's saying, I want you to take a little bit of the dirt that I'm being buried right now temporarily in Mitzrayim. I'm going to be put here. I want you to take some of Mitzrayim um, I want you to take some of it w- with me. Now, the problem is, if you take a look at the Pesukim, it's not Mashmah Yaakov was ever put in the ground in Mitzrayim, even temporarily. If Yaakov would be put temporarily in the land of Mitzrayim, and then later they would take him out, then it would be very Gishmaka source. You see, you take out the body with some of the earth. But if you look at the Pesukim, in Parshalayachi, it's really not Mashmah that he would be buried into, uh, that he was buried in the soil there, even temporarily. They take him straight out. That was the whole thing. He, he died. He always made special requests to Paro to leave, and they took out the coffin. Like, oh, where, where was the burial? Why are they taking out some of the dirt? So the first explained, maybe you have to say, Yaakov wasn't, wasn't sure that that was going to happen. He wasn't sure that he was going to get carried out right away. He was nervous. He might get temporarily put into the ground. And he was speaking to that possibility. And he was saying, when it's a sign of me, Mitzrayim, take me with some of the dirt of Mitzrayim. If I am in fact put in the soil and then removed, then I want you to take me some of the dirt. Now we just get very technical. How much dirt has to be removed? All the soft dirt, right? The, Soft dirt means the dirt that's surrounding the body because that's the part that was, you know, that was um, dug around. So all the soft dirt, and then you go into the basula. Basula literally is a virgin, right? A virgin girl. But the a virgin soil means the soil that, that hasn't yet been dug into yet. So you dig into the virgin soil another three fingers worth of depth. So that's where you're going a little bit more. So all the loose surrounding dirt around the body and then another three fingers worth in depth. Maybe we have a kasha from the bride. The bride says, "We come and share a How much is the measure of the surrounding earth that's removed? We take all the wood chips. We assume the, from the coffin, the simple wooden coffin of wood, that, that the wood decays over time. So you take the chips of the wood, and the clumps of dirt, which uh, evidently the dirt mixes with certain like parts of like 
like secretions that come out of the body post death. So those, those like clump a little bit more. Those are what the clumps of dirt are. So you take those. You throw away what's certainly not from the body. You leave any substance. We're not sure what it is you could leave. Whatever is remains, meaning whatever is, is certainly part of the corpse is counted. Whereas the majority of the skeleton, remember that halacha we learned, that the majority of the skeletal frame is there. Um, then it can be metame, even ba'ol, or a ladle full of corpse dust, or a quarter cob of bones. Remember all those halachas. So, so all that stuff you you you, you can remove for the rovat samos for the quarter cob of bones and low rakav or the little full of corpse dust. So, anyways, over here in the bright that doesn't say anything about three fingers, right? Over here, it's just saying that you're supposed to take the wood chips, the clumps of dirt, and 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 and, and you could leave whatever is not sure that's in the body, and you take the body. So it sounds like you're not taking much other dirt at all. So what do we mean? You're taking three fingers worth of of of, of soil deeper. So the Mar answers, you're right. It's taka machlokas. Who damar kaitana? The Amora Blazer was saying according to the following Tana. Tana says in Brisa, the Kamashir Tvisa. How much is the measure of this rounding the earth that's removed? Amar Biyecham Shimon Azai. Night will offer Tichoach. You take all this off dirt. Bechover Bezulat Shalosh Bas. And then you dig into the new soil three fingers worth down. So we see from there that aquaponim there is a corroborating shita like Rabbi Lazar said. All right, then we said if you discover three bodies, then you have to be bodik 20 omelets and out because it becomes a graveyard zone. So we say bodik imenu, amar rava, rava now gets into that lock here. Bodik let's say you check, you find a body, so you remove it, meaning you find one corpse. We're not talking about where you find three. We originally are just digging around, you find one. So what'd you do? Happens to be, you removed it. Then you check the field again. You're looking for a continued dig. You find another one and you remove it as well. Again, that's what the Mishnah said. Even if you find two, you can remove them. Now, you check the field again and you find a third one. So now really it turns out, once you found the third one, you really shouldn't have removed the first dough. But at the time that you're finding the third one, you've already removed the first two and you were entitled in the moment that you found the two to remove it. So what's that? The third body cannot be removed to where the first Two word meaning clapping the third body, it's chal on it the din that it can't be removed. When you find three bodies, then is they can't be removed. And you find one or two, they could. So when I find one or two and I remove them, and then I find the third body and it's here, it's chal on the third body the din that I can't remove it. So therefore, it doesn't go to where the two are. But I don't want to put back the two. The two that I took out were legally taken out. So it's like a very interesting stira, really. The perspective of the two that's taken out is that they were taken out legally. In the moment that I took them out, there wasn't a graveyard zone, so therefore it was permitted. But clapping the third one, even though the first two are already gone, right? But clapping the third one, it's a graveyard zone and I cannot remove it. It's a different version. What Rabbi said is that once it was given permission to remove the first two bodies, we found on the home, you remove all of them, including the third body. So in other words, we're saying, since once the first two was removed legally, so the third one is just a random one. Meaning that's kufa, it's not, it's not chalana together. The din of a graveyard zone in this, in the Ikeda Amri, is only when all three are together. So then there's a din. And the togetherness of the three bodies, they have to be removed. But if I found the first two and I remove them, and now I'm finding the third one, I can remove the third one as well. So the Gemara now just questions how that is. How could that be? Once I find the third one, it becomes a graveyard zone. How could I take out the third body? They're finding like an ila is like an excuse, like a pretext, like something just, a, you know, a loophole in the law. It's a loophole to be entire at itself. And that means you're right. It's all just like a perspective. The perspective is, remember the, all these dinim pashas, even though based upon the Allah Messina, but they, they, in some level here, 
It's Tumla and Yisrael. So we're trying to say it's a pretext. It's a loophole within the law. The loophole is only when the three bodies were together. The bodies, three bodies together, you leave them. But once the first two bodies were taken out correctly and they didn't do anything wrong, so then it sounds like there's a hatter that's called on the third body as well. Well, one thing that does sound like from the Gemara is that let's say you did find three together and you wrongly, illegally took out two of the three. There's no hatter that's to take out the third. The whole, it's not shot the Isser is to take out three. Once you, when you don't say, oh, once I did it, I did it. No, if I find all three together and then I took out two, I can't take out the third one. What we're saying is that if I first found one or two and I took them out, so that was that was fine, because that's what I did. Now when I have the third one, that's where the Ikadam is saying that it, it, there's no din of a, of a graveyard zone. But that's a dispute. All right. So we've said if you find three, you have to be potek, right? It's a graveyard zone. What if you look for the 20 Amas? You didn't find anything. So that, what then is the halach? What, 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 what is the halach? Meaning, normally we say you're going to search 20 amas and you're going to find more graves. But what if, what if you don't find any? Does that now mean I can move the three that I found? No, it's still a graveyard zone. Meaning, even though you're not finding any more, the three are still a permanent graveyard. Meaning, there's two need done. One is you have to be scared there's more bodies, so that's why you have to look. And there's another halacha that the three together are a graveyard. So even if you're not finding any more in the 20 amma radius, but still the din is the three that are found together cannot be moved. And then the next line of the Gemara, it seems that it's not clear if it really should be here. The Gemara repeats something that we said before, that you're trying to be Matara at Yisrael, but it's the wrong place. Fakeh. We're trying to say here that when you're Baidik Me'asim Amma, even if you don't find anything, the three that are found should be left. So it's not really clear that line of the Gemara was we should have take out the Girsa there at that point. Okay, so now we, can, we finish that. In conclusion of this, it's basically an idea. In a Jewish body, you assume that it's found the way Jews are buried, and it's bound. So that, uh, it's buried. If it's buried in a temporary way, one or two bodies, so then you're allowed to remove it together with its dirt. Now we've seen this is out of time. We have a makar for that. But when it's buried permanent, you're not supposed to remove it. So if you don't know if it's permanent or not, so if it's one or two, you're allowed to assume it's not. You can take it out. It's isolated bodies. But when it's three, there you have to be close. You can't do such a thing. You can't remove three bodies. Another halach is that when you find three bodies, there's a din that it becomes like a graveyard zone, and there's a chi of bedikah to be bodek for the twenty amah radius which surrounds it. That's the basic idea of the halacha. Now, we continue weiter with more reglaim ladaver. So let's just try to understand, I'm going to be doing a little bit about saras, reglaim ladaver here. So there's a lot, when, in order for something to have saras, what's the halacha? The shear has to be the size of a gris. A gris is a type of a, a, a bean. In order for it to become tamay. Um, it actually could have 36 hairs fit in such a size. And it's different, obviously, there are, there, there are other symptoms. There's some white hair, there's a certain type of flesh. But there are times where a person can have a nega and it might be missing the other symptoms. So then we do, we lock him up for a week and then we re-examine. And after the week, if it spreads slightly, so then he becomes a confirmed mitzora, um, and, 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 or if obviously the symptoms are there, then he would become a confirmed mitzora. If afterwards, interesting, if there's, if the, in order to get out of Taras, if it goes down and decreases back to the size it was originally, something like that, then you could become tar. But we'll see some of these details uh, coming out here in the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, Kol Safek Negom. Whenever you have a doubt about an affliction of Taras, Patrilaf, the, the doubt comes in the beginning, meaning before, before the person was ever Tameh, Tar, so you could assume he's Tar. If you have a doubt, the person became a Mitzorah, and then, then you could assume and you could be lenient unless you know differently. This is as long as he hasn't yet been confirmed to the Tumah. So what is the case over here? So the Mishnah and Negom, our Mishnah is very Pekitzer, but the Mishnah and Negom says exactly what the case is. You have two people come to the coin. One has the size of a gris, which, which is, could be the shear, but the other one is much bigger. The other one has a shear of like a sala, like a much bigger size. 
but none of them had symptoms. They just had this, this they didn't have the hairs or whatever, they just had the spot. So what's the halacha? They're, they're, they have to be locked up, they're a musker. Now, they come back a week later, and, 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 and when, they, when they show back up, they're both a sella and they don't have symptoms. So what does that mean? That means one guy's grew from a gris to a sella and the other guy stayed the same. So the guy who's grew should become tummy. The guys who once stayed the same should not become tummy. Again, no symptoms. They just had, they, they don't have no more confirmation than just the spot itself. So Allah is after the week of Hesker without symptoms, if it grew, then there's tummy. If there's no, it didn't grow, it didn't. So originally one was a gris, one was a sella, and now they're both a sella. So that means that one grew and one didn't. So one should become tummy and one didn't, but we don't know which one. It's forgotten to us, the calling the people. They don't know which guy last week had the gris and which guy last week had the cell. So we say, we rule that they're both tar. Both tar. Because they're suffolk. We don't know which way to go. We don't know which person. And therefore, we rule that they're tar. Now, what's interesting is that some of you have learned that the Mishra is even saying a bigger chadish. What if it's two spots on the same person? One person was tar. He shows up with two spots. One was a cell, one was a gris. And then no symptoms. He comes back a week later, no symptoms, but they're both a cell. So you would say, Avada, the guy's tummy. One of the spots on them, we don't know which one. No, if we don't know which spot it is, somebody's trying to learn that he can't become tummy. This is saying, that all suffix nigam, that if it comes before it ever became tummy, we have a suffix if the tsaras was pronounced with made in tama, so then we're able to say that unless it's clear how and which spot is the tsaras, then he's not even sorry. Very interesting. I'll be showing disagree with that. Say, no, if I'm being the same person about these tummy, one of the two spots. Could be the mission is only dealing with when it is two different people. Okay, however, once he's been already confirmed to become Tommy, so now any doubt that comes out about whether or not it went away, you have to be machmer. So what's the case? Two people come to the Kohen. One is the spot the size of the Gris, other is, let's say, a Sela. They're both locked up for a week. And now both spots are larger than a Sela. So therefore, they're both spread. So therefore, they both come to Mitzar. Sometime later, they shrink back to the size of a Sela. So the one that was originally a Sela should be tar because it went back down to the size it was originally. But the guy who was originally, the guy who was originally a seller should not necessarily be. In other words, if it goes back down smaller than the size it ever was, then you become tar. But we don't know which guy was like that. One guy had the size of the gris, the other has the size of a seller. So when it goes down now less than a seller, you don't know. You're saying, did this really go back smaller than the size it ever was? Well, it depends which guy was the gris, which guy was the seller. So in this case, though, they, since it had spread after the first week and they became tame, now there's a Shiloh, did they get out of the tumah? When later it goes back down less than a sella, that's our suffix, which guy was the one who had the gris and which guy had the sella. So here we have to be machmer. Both of them are treated luchamra. So how do we know this? How do we know uh, that, that when you have a suffix to us in the beginning, you're mekel, and you're, you say that everybody's tar. This says when you're going to the, to the, to the coin, you have a guy, and, 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 the, and the coin's looking at it. It's actually written by the tumah of Gadim. Says the coin is going to look at it, Lataro o Latama. So why are we saying Lataro Latama? Maybe it's Latama o Latara, right? It's 50 50. So why are we opening with Tahara first? So we say, oh, possible, since the Pasuk openings with Tahara first, we learn from here that we always like prefer being Matara first. If it's a suffix, we're always going to prefer Tahara. So it's very interesting because it sounds like we're saying even a bigger klal than just Chazak. It's a little bit more than just the klal of Chazak that we're learning. It's like a new din, a new halacha that's saying Lataro Latamo. That we have a preference toward tar. Why, why is this pasuk only only before he became tummy? Right, we were saying the mission. It's only before he became tummy that Allah applies. Once he became tummy, if a suffix comes up, then then we prefer tuma. Why is that? If there's a new din, latar latama, 
that whenever the Kohen comes to rule, he should prefer Tahara, unless it's absolutely certain that it's Tumah, then we prefer Tahara. So what difference does it make whether the person was yet declared Tameh or not? So the Gemara falls away from that. You're right. It really must be that that the basic halacha, the basic halacha is just in our Mishnah, is just Chazak, and that's what it is. It's just Chazak. It's not a new din Latara Latama. However, where is this idea coming from? A new din? What's going on this Nishnah? So it's an interesting halacha. One of the symptoms of Ras, right? You have the spot and you have the white hair. So if the halacha is as follows, even if you have both symptoms, it depends if the Tumah Tara depends on the sequence. If the Baharis came before the white hair tummy, then the Baharis is tummy. Let's say the white hair was before the spot, then tar, that's tar. So it's interesting. Even if you're looking at the two things, the negat with the white hair, it's not necessarily tummy. It's only tummy if the spot was there and then the white hair came. But if the white hair preceded the spot, so then it is tar. So what's going to happen a lot of times? You're not going to know. Safeg, if there's a doubt which one came first, tummy, it is tummy. Rabbi Shua Amar Kia. Kia means it is weak. My Kia, what do we mean it is weak? Amar Tahar, we mean that it is Tahar. If it's a suffix, then we are lenient. Ah, what's the pshat? How, how, how could you be lenient? Maybe the guy's tummy, it's a suffix. On that, Amar Rav, Amar That's where we're using the Pasuk. Since it opens with Tahar first, we learn that when it's a suffix about which one came first, the white or the Baharis, so then we are Meko Latar If you have a suffix in the order, then we go with this one. With this one that uh, this one that comes first. Now I'll leave it just a question to think about. I want to answer it. It's very interesting. Why does this one use the pasuk more than the one in our mission? What's the, what, what 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 is different? In other words, it's coming out that this is in lataru latamo. That that's we're saying specifically if you have a suffix about which order which order the white hair and the and the naga come in. So then you say it's the it's you could be matar and we're basing it off a of pasuk lataru latamo. But in the mission, when I stand at a suffix, like let's say the two guys. You know, one was the grist and one was the sella, and then you come back later and they're each a sella and you're trying to figure out which one spread. You don't know, it's just a suffix there, it's just the din of chazaka. And that's why we say it's only when, when they weren't yet tamay, but if they were both the tamay, one was, let's say, uh, a little bit less than a sella, one was a sella, and then they grew, and then they spread back down less than a sella, and you're trying to figure out which one went back down less than a sella, which rises tar. So then we assume they're both tamay because of the chazaka. So how come the din of latar or latamo, that possible, that we always prefer tar, why is that taka unique only to this case? Of, of, of it's a suffix, which one came first, where it's the white hairs and the nega. Could it be it's just there's something mashma, it's a new din only in the sequence, and that's a valedicate din, whereas the mission before was only a chazaka. It's not so clear how to put it all together, but that's what it seems like. Bottom line is, our mission is based upon chazaka. That's the cases of the two guys. One was a grist, one was a sella. There, it depends what the status quo was. If they were tar, then we assume they're still tar. If they were tame, it's a shiloh, which one spread back down, then we assume they're still tame. Then there's another Allah, Latamo about the din of the nega with the white hairs, if you have a suffix, which one came first? Because remember, it's only if the nega is there first and then the white hairs. If you have a suffix in the sequence, then we are matara, and that comes from new din of lotaro or lotaro.